proclaiming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, preparing a people for the kingdom of heaven, preserving a posterity for the glory of God. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Key of David podcast, brought to you by the Watchman of the Wall Ministries. My name is Charles, and I thank you for tuning in. Hope that you hear something in the next few minutes that blesses your heart, edifies your faith, gives you what you need to stand in these evil days. I know and I believe by the Spirit of God as my witness that we are living next to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in these last few days that we have before his return, we will see the enemy attack and do his very best or his very worst, depending on how you want to say it, to keep us from making heaven our home and reaching our goal. But it's podcasts like this and messages like the one that you're about to hear that will give you the resources, the word, what you need to stand in this evil day to make heaven your home, to finish the race, and to make it to the end. And I want to thank you for tuning in and uh, want you to say a prayer for this podcast that your heart will be open to receive what the Lord is about to share on this podcast with you. I want to take the time right now to welcome my partner in ministry, Brother Scott. Scott, say hello to everyone. Hello to everyone listening. It's good to be back with you all. It's it's a joy and a pleasure to be with you, Charles, to be on this podcast and to be with the people on the other side of this stream. And uh, I've just I've been I've been enjoying the ride. What a wonderful ride! What what can you say? And um, Charles, I, I it's I've been shocked. I've been uh, shaken. I, I have been stirred. <laughs> and that sounds like a drink. But I mean, in the spirit, I've been moved, and it's been a wonderful enjoyment. I know we got a lot to say today, and I'm excited to hear that. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, and I thank God for your help on this podcast. I thank God that he has given us another opportunity to speak in his name. Look, we've said it before, Scott, and we'll say it again. We don't know how long that you and I have and are able to do this podcast or make messages like this one i know there's going to probably come a time in our future if the lord tarries where the enemy will try his best to stop messages like this to keep god's children from hearing the word and make them feel like they're all alone so i thank god that we have this time that we do right now to speak his word to speak to the people and uh, before we do get started, I want to make sure that God has his way on this podcast, that the Holy Spirit orchestrates this podcast and leads it the way that he wants it to go. So, God, if you would say a prayer for it, that our eyes will be anointed, that our ears will be anointed, that each and every person listening in will receive what the Holy Spirit has to share with them today. I will certainly do it. And as I usually try to do, this, this is a time that we take for you, the listener. This is a time where we focus on you. We're going to pull off our agenda that we have at hand and the, and the word we have at hand. And for just a moment, we're going to veer off of that and we're going to talk about you. <clears throat> and maybe you've got, maybe you find yourself, I don't know of a person today that's not struggling with something in this day and age. Charles, when we used to go to church in the early days, 
there were instances where you could find people that were just cruising along uh, wonderfully in the Lord, but not today. Uh, I, I don't know of a person who is not struggling with some mountain, some demon, some some struggle. And this is the time we take on this podcast that we pray with you. The scriptures record the power of prayer, corporate prayer. There's, there's power in all prayer, but there is certainly scriptures that verify there is power in corporate prayer. And what I mean by that is where two or more people join together with one idea in mind, and that's the need for someone. And, and scriptures after scriptures, Charles can verify this, of those that when they came together, two or more, and they prayed for something, it happened. <coughs> it came to pass. It took place. Now, I'm speaking to somebody who this morning I can sense by the Spirit of God, somebody has lost all hope that's listening to this stream. Maybe you're going to listen to it in the near future or the far future, but you found yourself with no hope. You see no way out and, and you think all is lost. It's sunk just like the Titanic, whatever situation you're in. Now, let me explain that we serve a God this morning and I'm not going to take too much time, but we serve a God this morning who can do all things let that sink in your spirit before we pray he can do all things there was not an event or a situation or a mountain where jesus ran up upon that he could not handle because he's that powerful now i want you to get that in your spirit for the moment i want you to dare to lay your trouble on the altar of our prayer I want you to dare to believe what else have you got to lose? You're at the point of hopelessness now. So I'm asking you to lay it on the proverbial altar right now as we pray. Me and Charles are going to agree and join with you. Maybe it's a physical need. Maybe it's a financial need. Maybe it's I've lost my job. Maybe my kids, whatever the situation, it doesn't matter. Whatever the situation, God is able. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you this morning, Lord, for the people that are listening on the other side of this podcast. I thank you that you brought them here. God, you've divinely directed them here. I do believe with all my heart. They found themselves here and got our steps. You order our steps, Lord, and we, we thank you, God, today for this podcast. Lord, we pray for the people that are listening. I don't, I don't, does it matter to me what, what is on? their life what is in what trouble there is in their life it doesn't matter to me what it is because you are able jesus you are able there is nothing impossible with you and god i pray right now that you touch that need i pray that you remove the enemy out of their life if this is what it is god if it's something that they've got to go through because you've divinely appointed it lord then i pray that you give them strength Right now, in the name of Jesus, a new strength to handle, and I'm getting it now, the strength to handle, to go through what they're going through. God, don't let them take their last breath. Let it turn into the next breath and give them strength to shake off the bands of hopelessness. God, the bands of, of, of all that, that all hope is lost, let them shake that off and let them gain new strength that there is an end 
This too shall pass, whatever they're going through. This too will, will go by the wayside eventually. Give them the strength. Let them, for your glory, Jesus, not for anybody else's, let them feel the moving and power. Breathe on them like you did Adam and renew their soul in Jesus' name. God, let them know they're not alone and they're going through this with somebody. And that would be you. And God, we give you the praise this morning that you're going to do that. I think it's went out. I believe it's went out to them. And God, I give you the praise this morning for the moving, the administration of the Holy Spirit. Can we take a moment right now and thank you, Jesus, for your benefit of what you did on the cross to give us the gift of the Holy Spirit that we can dwell with you and you can dwell with us again. And God, we praise you for this podcast this morning. We thank you that you're going to move. You're going to speak. You're going to minister to the people. You're going to renew our faith. You're going to renew our faith and renew our mind. And I thank you this morning. I pray that you touch Charles. I pray you renew his mind. Take a hold of his mouth. Let him speak as of the oracles of God, as of the days of old. Let not a word that come out of his mouth fall to the ground. And we'll give you the praise, Jesus. We'll give you the glory because it's all about you. This is who we speak. This is who we lift up. This is who we glorify. This is who it's all about. This is the reason this whole thing is worth anything is you, Jesus. And we thank you this morning. God, last Easter, we appointed a day to celebrate your (coughs) resurrection. God, we want to just take the time to celebrate all of you. We want to take the time to celebrate everything that you've done and going to do and are doing. We praise you, Lord, because you are worthy. We give you the glory in Jesus' name, and we thank you once again. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask all this, and amen. Amen, amen. Good prayer, Scott. Thank you so much for praying for me. Thank you for praying for the people that are listening in. I felt the witness of the Holy Spirit as that authority of the kingdom went out and changed things in the spiritual realm. And just as Jesus gave the keys of the kingdom to Peter and said, Take and bind in the spirit, and it will be bound on the physical. Change things in the spirit realm, and the things that change in the spirit will be manifested in the physical. I believe with all my heart that that prayer will change things in the spiritual realm. Amen. And people will begin to see their lives change in the physical realm. That's what it's all about. Scott, we have been on a new series for a few podcast now uh we finished the remnant series and we began what's called the kingdom series and we call this the kingdom series because scott we are fast approaching a time in the history of mankind where jesus will return and set up his kingdom and take the throne of his father david in a physical sense meaning that the king will be on the throne in Israel, and Israel will become the capital of the world during the thousand-year reign of Jesus Christ. You can read all about the thousand-year reign in the book of Revelation, but we are fast approaching that time slot. In order for the church to transverse, in order for them to make the transition from the age that we're currently living in to the kingdom age, we have to be ready with a kingdom mentality. And that's what this new series 
is all about is changing the mentality of the Christian from the way that we used to think or the way that the mainstream church now thinks into the way that God thinks and operates in his kingdom. Now, Scott, so far in the kingdom series, we've been talking about the difference in the kingdom that's being portrayed by the mainstream church versus the kingdom that Jesus established the first time that he came upon this earth. The book of Romans chapter 14 verse 17 states, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but joy, peace, and righteousness in the Holy Ghost, meaning that it is a spiritual kingdom. Now what's being promoted by the mainstream church is a doctrine of kingdom living where they want to physically reap the benefits of being a child of God on this side of the grave or on this side of the kingdom age. And we know that there is a coming time, Scott, where the kingdom of heaven will be real and physically on this earth. And then we will have our rewards for the service that we've done for our Lord. Then we will be able to reap the full benefits of being a child of God. Now, until then, yes, there are blessings of obedience to the Lord's will. There are blessings with following Jesus Christ and being his disciple. But our main focus, our main concern, our main motivation should be serving God by serving others in this kingdom, not by building an empire, not by taking all the blessings of God and using them for our own selves, but using those blessings as resources to further propagate the kingdom of God, Scott. That's what we've been trying to teach is we live in a spiritual kingdom right now, not the physical kingdom, but the physical kingdom of God is fast approaching. But right now we are to serve not to be served, and there is coming a day where we will receive the reward for the service that we perform in this kingdom that we're living in now. Amen. Amen. Amen, Charles. You, you keep uh, explaining that, and I think quite well. Um, this this kingdom that we're living in now, is, like you just said, is a spiritual kingdom. I guess maybe another way, I, I try to look at it like this. Jesus inserted himself into this reality to, to to prepare a people, and then he left Charles to go prepare a perfect kingdom, and a and a perfect age, and and Charles the people have got to be ready for that perfect age. The perfect age and the perfect land has no problem with with uh, the things and the trappings that humanity does. It's going to be a perfect place. I'm talking about heaven. I'm going a little bit farther, but but ultimately we're we're headed to that, and. That's going to be a perfect place, but the people have got to match it. And we are not yet perfected, Charles. And and we're living in a kingdom now that is spiritual and, and a kingdom right now that is using tools and resources to get our heart and soul into the place where we are worthy of such place. I, I guess is a good way to say it. Would you would you agree with that? I and mean, you could probably say it better than me. Amen. Well, I think you did a fine job, Scott. Yes, we are being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. The reason that we are being made into the image of Jesus is so that we can be integrated into God's kingdom, redeemed into God's kingdom, 
be prepared for the physical kingdom of God by living in the spiritual kingdom that God has on earth right now. Uh, now, Scott, so far we've been talking about that spiritual kingdom, but I want to take a moment today to switch gears a little bit. And uh, we're going to talk about the physical kingdom of God that is arriving soon on this earth. And in doing so, um, prepare people for the transition. You know, there are several times, Scott, in the word of God, that God revealed his plan to his people. And the plan, re it, it resulted in a transition. We likened it so far unto the trip that Moses and the Israelites made when they left Egypt to the Mount Sinai, where they received the word of God or the law of God. And God attempted to teach the people how he was going to be their God and that they would be his people. And then, Scott, he led them to the promised land and in hopes of giving them the benefits or the rewards of the kingdom of God, he gave them several opportunities to show their faith and their belief in his word and what they received on the mountain from Moses. And the people were unable to make that transition, Scott. They had been so much a part of Egypt, so much a part of the world system that when they were delivered physically from Egypt, Egypt was never delivered from their hearts and minds. So that whole generation, Scott, that was delivered from Egypt died in the wilderness because they could not make that transition from Egypt to the promised land. Now, Scott, we are fast approaching another transition. We are about to trans. We're about to make a transition from the church age to the kingdom age where Jesus returns to this earth and physically reigns in Israel. Now, there are a lot of people that are not going to be able to make that transition, Scott. The Pharisees that were alive when Jesus was born, when Jesus began his ministry, when John the Baptist appeared on the scene and began to promote the kingdom of heaven, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the Levite priesthood of that day, could not make the transition, could not accept Jesus as their Messiah because they so long to hang on to the old way of doing things that they could not see a new way. They could not see a new age. They could not be a part of the church that the apostles became a part of in the book of Acts because they couldn't let go of the old way. And Scott, we're seeing that happen again today. The church, the mainstream church, wants so much to keep doing the things that they've been doing for years the way that we've been doing it since the book of Acts. And it has been a part of God's plan, Scott. Ever since the inception of the church, there has been a governing way that God has led his people in, in the church age. Uh, but we are fast approaching a physical reign of Jesus on this earth. But there are a group of people that are wanting to keep living in the church age, Scott, and they're having difficulty seeing that there is an overlap or a change of administration coming. When Jesus reigns on earth as king, we will no longer be having 
church the way we're having it today. We will no longer be governed by God the way that we are being governed by God today. There is going to be a new kingdom. And in order for us to arrive and be a part of that new kingdom, we must transition from the old way or the current way that God is doing things to the new way. Now, Scott, we have made several attempts on this podcast to try to tell people that we are not attempting to revive the old system. That just like the book of Samuel, when the organized religion failed and the, the high priest at, time, at that time's name was Eli, and Eli represented the high priest and the old organized religion of that day. And Scott, because of corruption, because of the loss of the power and authority in the anointing of God, that organized religion, that way of doing things, that Levite priesthood of Eli was done away with, and God instituted the prophetic age, and the age of Samuel took over, and God began to reveal himself to his prophet, through his prophets, and a new system was made, but the old way of doing things was done away with. Now, Scott, we're about to see that happen again, but there are going to be several people that are not able to make that transition. Now, we have tried our best to tell the people that are listening to this podcast that we are not in, we are not in the business of reviving the old institution. We are not, our goal is not to see the church age revived. It is to see the return of our Lord and the setting up and the rule and reign of Jesus on this earth. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I wouldn't touch what you laid out there with the 10 foot pole. That was perfect. Um, we, we, we've come to a situation, Charles, where the system is broken. And, and may I add to that? It's not that it's broken just because a set of leaders derailed it and put it off course. It's gone a little bit farther than that. A system becomes broken to God when not only do the leaders run off course with it, but they begin to teach the young ones the off-course moves that they're making. When you, when you begin to reproduce your mistake in the, in the new kids, then you have, you have failed the system. The system has failed and cannot be renewed. And, Charles, that's what's been going on here. The, the, the church has replaced the tenets of the faith that we have outlined repeatedly on this podcast. And I, and I suggest, listener, if you want to understand exactly what we're talking about, go back to the podcast that begin with the Rape of the Church series and pick up from there. The whole thing becomes explained, what we're talking about right here. And Charles, like you said, the system is broken, and it's, it's teaching the young ones the broken system to repeat the cycle endlessly. Therefore, it's broken. And God has judged that. And two, if I may add, Charles, how can the end come if we keep renewing the old system? How can Jesus come if we keep revitalizing the church system? And, And you've got to ask yourself these points this morning, listener. This has got to come to an end at some point. Look around you. 
there there's never been except for one instance on the face of this planet where the evil that are in people have got to this level that they are in look around you listen to the news look at what's on the internet look at the way they talk about jesus christ and god nowadays they only did that one more time and god decided to wipe that sucker out with a flood of water so we're headed that way charles and and this system is broken it's been judged there is a transition going on where God is moving away from that system to institute another to protect his people and to have a remnant. And, Charles, we're seeing that happen before our very eyes, and they coexist together. So let me hand this back at you because you're doing an awesome job. Amen. And you're doing a wonderful job building those bridges. You talked about a couple of things I want to hit on. You talked about how they overlap and they coexist for a period of time. But it has been several times in the history of man, Scott, that God has had to make a transition from an old age to a new age. Now, this podcast is going to consist of a lot of teaching, and we could go deep into this. I don't want to go any deeper than the Holy Spirit wants us to. So we must be careful. We must be led by the Spirit, Scott, to give the listeners enough knowledge so that they can go ahead and make that decision. Because, Scott, a lot of people would hear these podcasts and they would, they would, uh, Scott, they would accuse us of trying to start a new religion or trying to preach a new word or <laughs> trying to start a cult. And they would say, Charles and Scott, uh, you are going off on something that is not written in the book of God, but it actually is. Right now, we are being governed, Scott, by what's called the five-fold ministry. This is a five-fold ministry or leadership that God created when the church was created in the book of Acts. Now, the five-fold ministry is explained and specified in Ephesians chapter 4. And if you'll permit me, I'm going to read verse 11. And verse 11 states that when... The Holy Spirit came when Jesus accomplished the priesthood transition by his death, burial and resurrection. Hebrews teaches that Jesus became our new high priest. No longer was the Levite priesthood in charge. No longer was there an organized priesthood of Levitical descendants that would be carrying and revealing God's will to his people. But Jesus, once and for all, became the high priest of the church. And as a result, Scott, we have been governed by a fivefold ministry mentioned in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. It states that he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. So there are a five-fold ministry that for almost 2,000 years, Scott, since Jesus ascended unto heaven, that that five-fold ministry has been leading the people of God, been directing the people of God, has been God's way of revealing himself and his will through Jesus Christ to the church. It's through the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. It goes on to say in verse 12 that this fivefold ministry was for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ until we all come into the unity of faith and of 
the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So, Scott, we had said earlier on this podcast that it is the Holy Spirit's desire, it is the ministry of the Holy Spirit to make each and every person that it calls himself a believer into the image of Jesus. We are being made into a member of the kingdom of God so that we would be able to live in that kingdom that will be shortly established when Jesus returns to this earth. Now for almost 2000 years, Scott, or a little longer than 2000 years, that fivefold ministry has been directing and leading the people of God. But Scott, we are coming upon the physical reign of Jesus Christ on this earth. There is evidence and reasons and signs all around us that the return of Jesus Christ is very near. And when he returns, Scott, that fivefold ministry will no longer be necessary. That fivefold ministry that I just read about in in Ephesians will no longer be the way that God governs his people. But the governing of God's people during the thousand year reign of Jesus will be the king age where Jesus is a king and all of our old, all of the obedience of God, all of the direction of God, all the revelation of God will come from Jesus sitting on the throne of his father, David in Israel. Now, Scott, Soon and very soon, that's going to take place. But there is an overlap of that transition. So right now, we're seeing the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. We're seeing that system coming to an end. And as it comes to an end, the kingdom age is about to come on the scene. So God has gave us a a message of the remnant believer. And as the remnant believer goes from the fivefold ministry to the kingdom of heaven being on this earth, there is a period where the church will have to go into the wilderness, just as Moses led the people of Israel from Egypt to the promised land. There was a period of time where the people were in the wilderness learning how to be children of God so that they can live in the promised land. Does that make sense to you, Scott? Oh, it makes sense. I hear so much. I don't even know where to begin. You threw so much out there. But let me, let me, let me say this. That, that was perfect. I, I want them to understand that what we're saying for just a moment before you get into explaining the kingdom age, because I know that's a new thing they haven't heard probably but <clears throat> let, let's let's remind them of something what we're saying is not new it's not a new doctrine it's not a new dogma it's it's not a new religion we're trying to institute as you just said earlier this has happened before let me remind you how the church age began for just a moment charles you, you alluded to that talking about the book of acts but let's let me put this in plain english for a minute you know there was an overlap there the law that Moses brought down from the mountain, which is called the Mosaic Law, was still in operation, as you spoke earlier. The, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, uh, all those guys were the gatekeepers of the Mosaic Law. And, and it had morphed. It had morphed. It had mutated into something 
that God had not intended it to be by the time Jesus comes on the scene. It, it, it had overlapped into a form, or morphed, excuse me, into a form and a fashion that had nothing to do with, with getting ready to serve the Lord, but just about keeping a list of do's and don'ts and, and, and having stuff now, oddly enough, isn't it? And there was an overlap there, Charles, and Jesus is on the scene at the same time fulfilling the Mosaic Law and instituting the church age at the same time, as you eloquently put. And they could not receive that change. And, Charles, the church age, I'm talking about this, you know, the, the little four-squared red brick so-called building that you're going to right now and that you're, that you're worshiping, uh, the church Charles, it began essentially after Jesus rose from the dead, spoke to his disciples, filled them with the Holy Spirit, and then stood on the mountain and said, I've got to go prepare a place. I'll leave you a comforter. I won't leave you comfortless. Charles, they began to have <coughs> meetings in their houses. Let's, let's listen to this a minute now. They began to have meetings in their houses to talk about Jesus and to worship Jesus because that wasn't allowed in the church at the time, which was called the synagogue. It wasn't allowed. You could not walk in there to a pharisaical synagogue and begin to talk about Jesus as the Messiah. They would either kill you or at very least run you out and excommunicate you. So they began to meet in their houses, and they began to have meetings. I hope somebody's hearing what I'm saying. And, and they that morphed into the church age we are now. Paul the Apostle comes along years later and begins to refine those house meetings into what you're speaking, Charles, into the fivefold ministry. He begins to explain all that and institute it under the, under the moving and the leading of the Holy Spirit. But it essentially began like that. Listen to what we're telling you. Listen to what Charles is outlining. God is about to do it again. He's about to do the very yeah. same kind of move again. We're using terms called remnant. We're using terms called kingdom age. But essentially, he's always done this when a, when a system has broke down, when a leadership has refused to obey God, and he wants to preserve a people. I'm handing it back to you, buddy. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, you did a great job. Thank you so much. He is doing it again. Now, Scott, yeah. let's talk about the times that he has went from one age to another in the past. Now, that, like I said, this is going to be a podcast of teaching, and I'm praying that the Holy Spirit is leading this because I want to give the listeners of this podcast just enough information to where they can make the decision to go forward into the new age that is about to occur. Like you said, this current church age is coming to an end. And the new kingdom age where Jesus physically reigns on this earth is about to begin. But there will be a period of overlap just as there was when Jesus came the first time and began his ministry. There was a period of overlap where the old Levitical priesthood existed at the same time that the church existed. And the church had to start by going through a period in the wilderness and there will be a period where the people who are able to receive what you and I are saying will be able to leave that old church age, leave behind. And I know that people are going to have a hard time with this, but take it to the Holy Ghost. Let him teach you and speak to your heart. 
if what Scott and I are saying is not the truth, there is coming a time where we will have to leave behind the fivefold ministry and enter into the kingdom age. And that time is now there is an overlap and there will be many Scott like the Pharisees who will not be able to receive that change and they will cling to the old way to the point where they will be left behind. And at the same time, the remnant believers will be forced to go into a wilderness state for a while, like they did in the book of Acts where they met from house to house and in secret and they drew strength from one another and they depended on one another and they helped one another survive until the church age was established. So there's going to be a transition, Scott, where the remnant believers will go into the wilderness and right before the kingdom age, there will be a period of time where the real believers of Jesus Christ will live in the wilderness, survive in the wilderness until the kingdom age is established. Would you agree with that? Yes, yes. Let me let me let me help with you uh, again. I, I don't mean to interrupt you. I just want to augment and help what you're saying a little bit. You are you are invoking the run of Moses and the, and the journey in the wilderness. That is one example. Let's let's go with example number two. Let me bring it into the New Testament for the detractors that are listening here. But the same thing happened in the overlap with Jesus and the Pharisees, the old Levitical priesthood and Jesus's ministry. When the when the church began, when they were meeting in houses, Charles, they had to go into the quote unquote wilderness again. They had to meet in houses secretly because the Pharisees, the Sadducees and the scribes were trying to hunt them down and kill them. Paul, the apostle, was Saul of Tarsus, a Pharisee who was charged with getting rid of Christianity and the Christians who worship Jesus Christ. That's how he began looking into people's houses, getting letters of authority from the Pharisees, running to people's houses, busting them up and killing them. He was there when Stephen was stoned. Ugh. Boy, I could I could go a mile a minute right here. He was there when Stephen was stoned, but then God in his infinite wisdom and his infinite power wanting to show the people that I can do whatever I want to do and change whoever I want to change to meet my need, turned the greatest leader of the movement to stop Christianity to the greatest leader of the move forward. And, and the same thing happened again, Charles, and it wasn't until way down the road that the church began to prosper as it matured, but now we're seeing the overlap once again. So, so what I'm trying to say, Charles, and to back up what you're saying is God has done this before. This is not a new thing and he's going to do it again, the same way. Charles, go, keep talking, keep talking. Amen. Well, I wanted to bring up that not only did God do it uh, during the time of Moses, where there was a transition from Egypt to the promised land and the church or the people of God at that time, the Israelites dwelt in the wilderness. Scott, it happened prior to that. If you'll go all the way back to the beginning of the history of mankind, according to the word of God, the history of mankind had the history of man has existed for approximately 6,000 years. Now there was a, approximately 2,000 years from the time that Adam was created by God until the flood of Noah, approximately 2,000 years pass. 
Now, there was a transition from the fallen age of man. Now, when I say fallen age, I'm referring to the time where Adam and Eve was in the Garden of Eden and they sinned against God by eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They were cast from the garden and became in a falling condition. And that fallen state of man lasted, Scott, for approximately 2,000 years. And you can read about it in the first chapter of Romans. Matter of fact, let me read just a little bit about that time frame where there was a transition from the time of the fallen age to the new age where Noah and his people, his family started over again. But in Romans chapter one, starting at verse 18, it says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness because that which may be shown of God is manifest in them for God has shown it unto them for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and they changed the glory of the incorruptible God and to the image made of corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up to their vile affections for even their women did change the natural use of them, which is against nature. And likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of a woman burning their lusts one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error, which was me. You just spoke about the, you just spoke about the sin of homosexuality, by the way. Let me, uh, let me interject that, but keep going, please. What I was going to say is there was a time between the time that Adam and Eve fell from the garden until the flood of Noah that is called the fallen age of man. And it became so bad. They become so corrupt, Scott, that God had to judge that age. But God in his mercy and in his love redeemed Noah and his family. However, you see, there is an overlap because we go from that age to the age where Noah and his family are living on the other side of the flood now, before that age was over, Enoch appeared. Enoch was the first prophet of God to be mentioned in the Bible. Enoch prophesied that there was coming judgment, and judgment came. And Enoch was here before the flood, but there was an overlap, Scott, where there was a prophecy given, a new age was coming that a new delivery was coming, that God was going to judge the earth and redeem those who could be redeemed. 
And only a few people, Scott, were able to cross over from one age to the next age. And we know that the fallen age of man ended with Noah and and his, his other family. Eight souls were saved through the flood. Now, there is another instance, Scott, where God ends one age and begins a new one. And because so many people could not let go of their old ways, could not let go of the old system, they did not make it into the new age. And, Scott, it not only happened with Moses and the people of Israel, it not only happened with the Pharisees and Jesus Christ and the the creation of the church, but it's going to happen again and is happening now where there is an overlap. And as this church age ends and the kingdom age begins, so many people will not be able to let go of the old way. They will cling to this world. They will want the world to keep on going the way that it always has went. And just like the people who were destroyed in the flood, Scott, there will be so many who do not make it to the kingdom aid simply because they love the old world more than God's plan and cannot let go of the old world. Scott, we're seeing that today. Yeah. We're seeing it in the world. We're seeing it even in the church. Amen. 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 I think uh, somebody quoted this. I forget who did it, but the definition of insanity is repeatedly doing the same thing that you've been doing, expecting a different result when the same result's going to happen every time. The definition of insanity. And that's kind of what's happening right now. And, and Charles, I can hear a question. Please help me with this. But I can hear a question that people are rising in their mind, which is, why does God have to do an overlap? If he's God, then he could just stop the system and start a new one. And he doesn't have to do it by the overlap. And you know what? You're right. He don't have to do it by an overlap, but he chooses to do it with an overlap. He chooses to do it when the broken system and the system he's about to start exists together. And there is a reason for that. And, I, and I'm going to, I feel like, horribly explain this. So I need your help. But Charles, this is, this is about choice. God is about choice. God is all about, always has been about choice. He is not going to make you serve him. He's not going to force you robotically to move into the remnant belief system. He's not going to force anything on you. It's about choice because God is love and God wants love from his people. True love is a choice, not a robotic forced function. And Charles, he's going to set the overlap in in that position. He's going to do it that way because to the, to the person out there that's listening to us, it's about your choice. Let me, let me invoke Moses that you love so much, that you love so much and are bringing up so much. Let me invoke Moses. The reason they couldn't get into the promised land and they had to wander in circles for 40 years till, they, till their carcasses died in a desert was because they made a choice one day not to believe God was who he said he was. And would do what he said he was. They could not believe that God was able to protect them and keep them and destroy their enemies in the promised land. And God said, I'm done with you. You're dead in the wilderness. I'll use your children to do this. 
and and God or, or Charles, this is this is what's going on now is He's giving the people that are existing right here right now a choice. He's giving the people who are stuck in the broken church system a chance of redemption to come out of that mess and serve Him and and move where He's moving. Please help me with this. You can explain this better than I can. Oh, you're doing a great job, and I believe by being led by the Spirit that I want to talk about that choice. Because just as you said, there is a choice given to the old generation. Will they be a part of the new age? Will they be a part of the change that God is bringing about? Will they be a part of the redeemed people, or will they fall behind and be lost in judgment and in wrath? Scott. We are, we, we've been at that position before, just as Noah made a decision to follow God's warning. God came to Noah and said, I am going to judge the earth. I see the end of this age. I prophesied it through my prophet Enoch. I am going to end this age and I'm going to end it with judgment and wrath. And I'm going to bring you and your family through. Noah had to make a choice, Scott. Mm -hmm. He had to make a choice to believe God's word. Noah heeded by the fear of the Lord. Noah heeded the word of God and created an ark that rescued him from one age where he was able to enter into the new age. We go forward in time. Moses comes to the people of Israel. He proclaims that this age, the age of Egypt, is ending. No longer will Egypt ever be in rule like they were before again. That if the children of Israel will be a part of this redemption, they must choose to believe that God was speaking through his prophet Noah, Moses. Moses led the people of Israel out of Egypt. They had to make a choice to believe Moses. But even then at Mount Sinai, they had to choose to follow God's ways. And Scott, just as you said before, during their time in the wilderness, they could not let go of the old way. They could not make a choice to believe that God was going to bring a new age to pass where they could dwell in the promised land. And they missed out on God's promises. They missed on, uh, they missed out on God's redemption. Now we move it forward to another time where the Pharisees heard the word of God through Jesus Christ and through John the Baptist. They were not able to let go of the old system. They clung on to the way that they had always done it. They could not make that choice to believe. And so they were left behind and not a part of the redemption process and the new church age of Jesus Christ that we are currently in. Scott, we're here again. Once again, we are at the valley of decision. Once again, we're at the crossroads where God is about to start a new age. And the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, is about to arrive on the scene. But in order to do so, there is an overlap and a transition. Now, Scott, if you'll notice, during the flood, there was great judgment and signs and wonders. During the exodus from Egypt, there was great signs and wonders. During the, during the time that the church was, was created and Jesus was on this earth, there was great signs and wonders. There has always been a huge upheaval 
during the transition. The church has always went through the wilderness. It was a difficult transition. It was a tough transition. But those who hang, hung on to God's word, those who believed in the things that they heard from God, those who dared to join their faith with the word of God, those are the ones that were able to endure to the end and entered into the new age and were a part of the redemption process of God. Now we are about to move into the kingdom age, but Scott, there are going to be many that are not able to let go of the old way. And when I say the old way, I'm talking about the fivefold ministry, the ministries of the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastors, the teachers, just like you said earlier in this podcast, the way the church is being run today, they want that system to keep going. They do not want to let go. They want to revive it. They want it to keep going. They won't be able to let go of it. They won't believe and they'll dare not to choose to believe the words that are coming from people such as yourself and me that say that God is about to move us into a new age. And in order to be a part of that redemption process, in order to move through that wilderness, you're going to go through a time of trouble. You're going to have to hang on to your faith. You're going to have to let go of the old way. You're going to have to choose to believe in order to enter into the new age. And Scott, many will not be able to do so, but we are praying and hoping that through this kingdom series, we are going to compel people to hear the word that God is speaking, to speak, you know, to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying, to say, get ready for the king to return. And in order to be a part of that redemption process, you must lay aside the old way, enter into the wilderness state and make it through the wilderness before entering into the promised land. Does that pretty much sum up what we're trying to say? I, I think that was beautiful, sir. I, again, I wouldn't mess with that with a, with a long pole. Uh, it was perfect. I, I, you are addressing what I hear again, and, and I know people are going, what is he talking about? He sounds crazy. But I hear the questions in your mind, and that, that's because the Lord is revealing them. I hear the questions. And, Charles, I hear you're, you're addressing the question, another one, that I hear coming up in their mind again of talking about the old church system. And why do you say that the old church system is busted? I'm hearing it again. Why are you saying that my church is, is busted? I, I got people coming every week. The pastor preaches a good message. You know, we're all feeling good when we, when we show up together. We sang pretty. Uh, we got good coffee because we got a good coffee bar at our church. Uh, we got good dance classes in our Sunday school. <laughs> now, I'm just, now I'm just going down a bad road. But, uh, you know, I hear the question, and, and I want to say just a few things, and Charles, you take it as far as you want to take it. I, I know we don't want to take up time revisiting this, because if you want to understand why we're saying the church age is coming to an end and the church system has failed, you must go back to the series that we started that's on this podcast called The Rape of the Church. It is outlined <laughs> in those podcasts, Charles. I don't want to revisit them all over again here because we've got something to do. Go back to the Rape of the Church series. They're marked and outlined on this podcast. You will understand why we're saying the system is broken. But let me ask you that are raising that question in your mind right now. I want you to think about something for a minute. I'm going to, I'm going to say it simply like this. Sin and the Holy Ghost. Two things. Sin and the Holy Ghost. Is sin being preached 
in your church and outlined is sin being told that you are not allowed to do so, that you won't get away with doing so unrepentedly, that you will not go to heaven doing so in an unrepented lifestyle where you're continuing to dive into sin. Is sin being preached in your church? Is Holy Ghost being preached in your church, the third person of the Trinity? Is that happening in your place of worship? Is he allowed to move? Is the gifts of the Spirit? It's not. It's, the gifts of the Spirit are not because I'm Pentecostal. Get that out of your mind. It's got nothing to do with a man-made denomination. It's got to do with the power of the third person of the Trinity that Jesus died to give us so that we could be empowered. i got to stop. I feel myself getting loud. But are these things happening in your church? Is there true repentance? Do people come off the altar and stop sinning? Charles, I'm sick of hearing this song, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. If you're a sinner, still sinner saved by grace, you didn't get it. Go back and get it again. Get back to the altar. Something's wrong. You, uh, I, I got to stop. I got to stop. Charles, help me with this a minute. Go back to the old Rape of the Church series, and you will hear the explanation. Charles, let me hand this back to you. Scott, I believe with all of my heart that the sincerity you feel and the sincerity I feel we have tried to portray that on this series that we have did the very best that we could do through the Holy Spirit to convey to the people that are willing to listen, to have a ear to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church, that they're going to see there is a transition taking place, that there is a period of overlap from the church age to the kingdom age that we are quickly coming up to the end of the church age and that the church, the remnant believers will have to leave the system that is no longer working, transition through the wilderness and patiently await the redemption of their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, when he returns and rescues them on this earth. And in the meantime, they must hang on to that faith. They must hold on a little longer, just like, the church spoken of the church of Philadelphia in chapter three of revelation, Jesus said, hold fast to thy crown that no man takes thy crown. Hold fast to thy faith. You have a little strength left. Keep fighting the good fight. Keep going forward. Keep believing the words that you hear that are coming from the Holy spirit. Hang on just a little longer. You're going to go through a wilderness period. You're going to go through a time of transition and the time will be just like before during the flood, just like the time during the Exodus from Egypt, just like the time when Jesus was here on this earth, it will be violent overlap. It will be a violent transition. It will be an upheaval. There will be signs and wonders. There will be hard times ahead. But if you endure through that wilderness, you will enter into the redemption and the reward of Jesus Christ. Now, Scott mm, is yep. like John the Baptist. John the Baptist, I can feel, was calling out to the people when he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He spoke against sin, Scott. Yep. He spoke against the king. He said, what you're doing is wrong. And he told the people to repent of their sins, turn their hearts back to God, become that new part of the new age that God is about to begin, the church age. And the people who were able to receive the word of John the Baptist entered into 
that period of the church age. And Scott, we're here again, and we are pleading with the people. Hear the voice of God. Mm. Repent of your sins. Let go of the old way. Don't yep. cling to something that no longer works, to something that no longer saves, something that no longer gives you hope. Prepare yeah. yourself for a wilderness journey. Prepare yourself for a time where you will walk not by sight, but by faith, clinging to the cross of Jesus Christ and what he did, because soon and very soon, lift up your eyes. Redemption is nigh, yeah. and Jesus will return and rescue us, Scott. I yeah. believe with all of my heart. That is what's going on right now, and I believe that's what you're feeling. I believe that 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 loudness that you hear in your voice, that that sincerity you hear in your voice, that getting all, you know, you you call it getting getting all out of control, and you say you're getting carried away, and you say you're getting loud, but I believe it's your heart. I believe it's your cry. I believe it's the cry of the Lord for the people who are willing to hear and willing to receive our word for them to accept and receive so that they can be a part of the new age and make it to the other side. Amen. 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 It definitely is. And I, and I know it's your heart's cry. I can hear it in your heart. <laughs> when you were speaking, you were, you were just, that was the spirit of John the Baptist right there, my friend on you. Uh, and, and I can hear it in your voice as well. And and I I don't know how else we we can explain this. I mean we could we could go into depth, and and we could go into detail uh, even further, Charles. But you know we can get lost in the, in the machinations uh, of the how tos and, and and all that. We can we can go deep dive into the point that we get lost in it. We get mired up in it. But the, the people are going to have to make a choice. They are going to have to choose who they're going to stand with. Are they going to continue? Yeah, look, look, Charles, I, I, let me say it this way. I, I'm just a crude person. I'm just a blunt tool. You know, I, I get the chance to speak with sinners and Christians alike. I get a chance to witness to both sides. And I can tell you one thing both sides agree on, the people that I get to physically talk to, is that there's something wrong with the church. Even, they, will, they will agree something's happened, something's wrong. It's not what it used to be. It's, it's not there anymore. And, and we went into great detail about this. And, and I, I, I can only reiterate what you're saying. There, there's, it's coming. Jesus is on his way to set up his kingdom. He is on his way to step that nail-scarred foot down on that mountain in Israel once again and assert his authority that he has been promised by God the Father. And we all know that what God the Father promises will never fall to the ground void. And he has promised Jesus for his sacrifice, a people that will worship him, and a place that he will be worshipped as king in the stead of, of the throne of David. And it's coming. He's going to split that mountain wide open again and water is going to flow. And Charles, I would rather be a street sweeper or a toilet cleaner in heaven and be on the, or in his kingdom, excuse me. I would rather be a street sweeper uh, out there street, uh, sweeping the toilets and cleaning the toilets in that kingdom as to be caught on the other side on the wrong kingdom headed toward destruction. <laughs> and, I, and I think that's what we're trying to convey to these people. 
Charles, and I know this is your heart. I don't find joy in anybody not making it. I don't find joy in the pastor who is caught up in the church age mess and can't get past his own denominational glasses. And I know you hear me get mad on here about that, but I'm not excited because he's going to destroy himself and the people that's following him. We want to see everybody make it, but we've got to convey the seriousness that now is the appointed time. Now is the accepted time. You can't keep procrastinating. You can't keep waiting. Charles, you can do this better than I can, so I'm handing it back to you. That now is the time for choice. Amen. Well, I can only say it as good as the Holy Spirit can say it, and in his word, he says it. The writer of Hebrews is pleading with the people. The, the book is called the book of Hebrews because the writer of Hebrews was addressing all the children of Israel. And the writer of Hebrews was pleading through the Holy Spirit for the children of Israel to receive his word, to hear the voice of God, to accept the fact that God no longer was going through the Levitical priesthood to convey his will and to reveal himself to the world that he had chosen to do so through his church. And the writer of Hebrews did such a great job explaining why Jesus was now the high priest once and for all. And the reason why we should believe that Jesus was Messiah and that the church age had begun. And the writer of Hebrews says it this way, and I'm going to echo this from the Holy Spirit to those people who are listening to me today. I want you to hear with your ear, listener. I want you to hear with your heart. I want you to ask yourself, is what Scott and Charles saying, is it true? Are we beginning a transition from the church age to the kingdom age? Is there a period where we are about to go through a wilderness state and the church will have to do it? The believers will have to conduct themselves the way that the church did in the book of Acts, the way that the children of Israel did in the wilderness the way that David did before David received his kingdom. And Lord willing, we're going to talk about that transition because David's life, Scott, reflects so closely to the transition between the shepherd age to the king age that David went through becoming from a shepherd to a king that the church was going to go through. And we're going to speak about that, Lord willing, on the next podcast But there is a transition taking place. And if you will receive it, this is what the Holy Spirit would say to you. It's in Hebrews chapter 3, and I'm going to start at verse 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your heart, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me and proved me and saw my works for 40 years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their hearts and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is still called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our uh, confidence steadfast to the end. While it is today, saith, today if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. So, Scott, you see, they provoke the Lord in the wilderness. 
They did not believe the signs and the wonders that God showed himself to, to the people of Israel through Moses. And they did not enter into God's rest. And the Holy Spirit is saying that to the church today. If they will be able to receive it, they will see that there is a transition taking place, that there is a move from the church age to the kingdom age, that there is an overlap taking place, that the transition will be violent. It will be rough. It will be an upheaval that if they will cling to their faith and that they will hear the voice of God, they will hear podcasts like the one they're hearing right now. If they will receive and hang on to God's promise, they'll make it to that kingdom age. Scott, in the last few minutes that we have, say whatever's on your heart, but please say a prayer that not only you and I, but everyone listening will not harden their heart, but receive the word that God revealed to us today. Be ready for that transition, ready for that wilderness journey, ready to make it to the promised land. I, I will do so. I, if I may, I, I feel like the Lord's giving me just one more thing to say. And I know we're I know we're running short on time, but let me let me say this quickly, Charles. Before every earthquake, there is a tremor. That there's mm. a precursor to the earthquake, the the massive earthquake that moves and and shifts the whole planet's tectonic plates. There is tremors that began when when Mount Saint Helens was on its way to eruption, Charles. And I forget the guy's name. He was a geologist. You can look him up on Wikipedia if you so desire and think I'm lying. But I forget his name at the <laughs> moment. But, Charles, Mount St. Helens was showing signs. I'm, I'm going to prove to you all. Charles just earlier in this podcast said something about signs and wonders precursing the overlap and the move and the transition. I'm going to show you that what we're telling is the truth. I'm going to give you a sign. If you'll give me just a moment. And then let me go back to that geologist. When, when Mount St. Helens was about to erupt, it began to produce tremors. These geologists gathered around this mountain, Charles, to study, to measure the tremors that were taking place in this mountain. Imagine you, they were sitting over top of a ticking time bomb because this mountain was about to explode, but they, they couldn't help themselves. This one particular geologist, who I can't remember his name, could just not he could not get enough of watching that mountain quake and rumble and and produce tremors charles he went and got his rv even his little mini house on wheels and he pulled her up to within just a few miles of that mountain where he could see it off in the distance with his eyes and he could watch it move and shake it was it was rumbling so hard and he could with his instruments he could see the tremors that were that were calling out the alarms that the thing was about to explode. Charles, he couldn't stop. He, on the day that Mount St. Helens in 1980 exploded, destroying that section of Washington in a matter of hours, as if as if hundreds of of hydrogen bombs exploded when that mountain went off. Charles, he couldn't help himself. He couldn't stop. The day that the mountain exploded, he was sitting in his chair by his nice little RV watching his instruments and Ooh. refusing to listen to the call of the tremor. And he died 
buried in the avalanche of mud and, and pyroclastic flow that happened that day. You will still dig up and find his bones in Washington State if you so desire to do something that morbid because he died on that spot just looking at the mountain, refusing to make a choice to leave or not. And I'm going to tell you today that God's already sent the first tremor. That's called COVID-19. You say, Charles or Scott, what are you talking about? The moment that COVID-19 came out of the mysterious nowhere of Wuhan, China, and hit the face of this planet, what happened to the wonderful church system that you put your faith in so much? Do you remember what happened? They shut down, Charles. The preachers and the leaders... They shut down in fear of what was coming. COVID was bigger than the God they preached in the church age system today. And they shut down. Oh. Now, I'm telling oh, you, God has already sent the first tremor, you listener. This is how serious it is. And I'm beginning to shake under what I'm saying. And it's not me shaking. God has sent the first tremor. He sent the first warning sign. God is not playing games, and God means business. And he is just gracious enough to give you a tremor and say, wake up out of the broken system that you know down deep in your heart is gone. The power is gone. The Holy of Holies is empty in the church system, and God is on the move, and you best be moving. I don't care if that desert is dry. A dry, empty desert with God in charge is better than a land flowing with milk and honey that's godless and headed toward destruction. I hope you're Amen. listening to me because it's all over me, and I've been given authority for just a moment to tell you it's time to make a choice. It's time to make a decision. No longer play games. It's not going to be good enough. And we're going to pray right now. I'm, I'm stopping right there. We're going to pray right now, and I pray you consider the words that Charles has spoken and that he has outlined on this podcast, and make your choice, and make it soon. Now is preferable, but make it soon, because it's coming, whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not. It's coming. It's on its way. Father, we thank you today for this word. We, we, we pray, God, Lord, the things that's happened in this world have tried to harden our hearts have tried to get us angry at you, have tried to get us uh, uh, frustrated and quit and give up and not even, even, not even go to the broken church system, but just give up altogether. And, Father, it's tried to make our hearts hard, but you <laughs> warned us not to let our heart get hardened in the book of Hebrews. Father, help us today in our short-sightedness and our stupidness and our self-centeredness. Help us, forgive us for making the mistake of leaning to Egypt of leaning to the arm of the flesh instead of leaning to you and following you. Forgive us, God, where we failed. Help our heart to not be hardened. Help us to make this right choice. Help these words that Charles has spoken on this podcast this morning sink into our heart, burn into our soul, and cause us to have to go the right way. God, we give you the praise for what you've done this morning. It's you through the Spirit, you alone should be glorified and lifted up. And we give you the praise and the glory for it all. We thank you in Jesus' name. And amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, Father, for speaking to us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for taking the time to speak to each and every person that is listening to this podcast. We pray that they respond with faith, believing, Father. I pray that I respond with faith. I pray that Scott responds with faith. Yes, 
Listener, we appreciate you listening to this podcast. We pray that you share this message with other people. Get this word out before it's too late. The transition is upon us. The wilderness is on its way. Jesus is returning soon. If you have liked what you hear, share it with others. Share it with us. Give us feedback, comments, requests. We have an email address. It's simply key underscore David underscore ministries at yahoo.com. Feel free to do so. We also have blogs available. We have a YouTube channel. We have a Facebook page. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Cry of the Watchman. All the links to the resources that we have available through this ministry will be at the show notes of this podcast. We encourage you to visit them, to use them, to share them with others. Who knows who you might be saving by sending this warning to them? Who knows what chance and what destiny you will change by obeying the Holy Spirit when he calls? We pray right now that you have a blessed week. Follow us. Be prepared if the Lord tarries to hear another podcast approximately a week from today. It is the prayer of the cry of Watchman Ministries and the Key of David podcast that each and every person listening repent.